Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Gromlich. And we are back. back. We are back. We are getting back. back. So it is, by the time this drops, it's going to be 2020. It's not currently 2020. In fact, it's the day after Christmas right now. Rick, did you have a good Christmas? Well, of course. What's Christmas based on, Robert? Um, how many gifts you get? No, it's not. What? It's based on Jesus Christ. To pay the price for your sins, so you get a relationship with God the Father. Obviously, I had a good Christmas. Well, wow. Christmas makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> What'd you get? No one told me that. <laughs> What'd you get for Christmas? Um, Jesus. No, Jesus got, he came for you. Mm, you didn't get him. Mm. Um, what did I get? I got some clothes. I got nice. some socks. Yep. Which is great. Full on dad mode. I know. Um what any, else did, any what underwear? Else did I get? No, okay. none of that. Um got some books. Got Bovings Reform Dogmatics. All right, Bovings. I'm pretty stoked about that. Um Bovings? And, yeah. Bovink, Herman Bovink. Um, what else? What else? What else? This one? Is that Herman Bovink? Herman Bovink, the wonderful works of God. No, no, no. I got this is like reformed his, dogmatics. This is okay. So this is his condensed, like work of reformed dogmatics. I th- dang it, I don't know. Well, now you're gonna put your foot in your mouth on on the program. Well, I don't really care about that, but um, reformed dogmatics is one of the most widely respected works of its kind. The wonderful works of God is Babnik's own condensed Bob version. Saying again, Bobbing. Bovink's own condensed version of that masterful work, and is considered to be one of the finest single-volume reform systematic theologies available. Wow, dude, how odd is that? That is funny. Yeah, that's wonderful. I didn't even realize a condensed version like that existed, or I probably would have asked for that. However, then you get the full on. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I got the full on thing. So um, we can like trade these sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I love is reading like the condensed summary version, mm-hmm. and then going and reading like. A whole other book about that. That just gets me jacked up. Oh, yeah. That was sarcasm. But, yeah. I could tell. Thanks. Yeah, you're wrong. Um, it's, uh, congratulations. What did you book. get for Christmas, Oh, man. I got that Clearly book. you got that. That yep. was, um, got that. Uh, got some clothes. Did you get any underwear or socks? Uh, no. Mm. Didn't. Uh, got a couple shirts. Got, uh, um, I think about this. So, the one that, like, the biggest gift I got. Yeah. I mean, it was um, real big is Candace surprised me by revealing the gender mm. of our next child. Which is? Well, Drumroll, please. We don't know yet. She's not pregnant, but... Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> when she does get pregnant, <laughs> she is pregnant. Do in June? It's a boy. Not a little boy. So we're, we're super the audience excited sound about effects. that. I don't hear anybody. Yeah, okay. neither do I. Um, no, but that was super exciting and special. Um very, very surprised. That is. I, I mean, few times did people actually surprise me, um, and she fully surprised me. Mm, she got you. She got me. She so got that was, you good. That was the best gift so far, just of the Christmas. Mm. Phenomenal. Um, got a few, got like some headphones and- uh, You got some headphones? I didn't see those. Well, they're like these wireless ones. Oh, so, man. Um, like such. Let me see them. Are those the same ones I have, just in a different case? I don't think so. Toss them. Um, here. Yeah, it's, it's good. I tell you, Will is um, nineteen no, months, and it's just a blast to see to see him. 
Good catch. Grow. He's now like able to open gifts. Last yeah. Christmas he was six months. Like, yeah. But uh, we had us. We got a little slide for him. Indoor slide. He loves that. I mean, just not a ton of stuff. We didn't go crazy, but um, just a few little things. That's fun. It's yep. really fun. So it's good, man. Did Hung out good. with family. Ate good food. Relaxed. Yeah. What more could I? Could a guy ask? Dude, for? we stayed in the Grand Hotel. Was it grand? It was grand. But I heard there's no Christmas tree there. No, there there are multiple Christmas trees there. Was there? Okay. Yeah, I can confirm. I was pretty pumped up. Danielle got, she's like, all right, you need to stop. Keep saying this. I keep saying it to everybody. So we were staying in the Grand Hotel, right? And there is a song, a Christmas song, which can you sing I it? love Christmas. Can you sing the song? It's called It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. Everywhere. And one of the portions that says is there's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. Do, 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 do. It's beginning to look yeah. a lot. Yeah. See, so, I've never picked up those words before. Yeah. So here in Mount Vernon, there is a grand, there's a hotel called The Grand Hotel. And I can now confirm. And if you get on social media, I posted it. There is a tree in The Grand Hotel. There's not just one. There's like three. But dude, it was like just amazing. We yeah. got a room there with a fireplace and some... A fireplace in your room? Not like our room, our hotel room, but like there's a room in the lobby area with a fireplace okay, okay. and like a, a nice, tree. yeah, nice a tri- chairs. dude, it's the most picturesque thing. And Did I, you I get like a picture I, of it. Oh yeah, and I asked, I asked the guy in front, I'm up. like, are we allowed to do this? What do what? Because my mom set this whole thing up. My mom tends to bend the rules a little bit when it comes to stuff like this. So my mom set this whole thing up. She's like, hey, you should instead of coming to my house, uh, instead of getting everybody to come in, why don't we have everybody just meet at the Grand, Grand hotel. hotel. And so I was like, I don't know. So we ended up doing that. And she's like setting up the whole thing, put, bringing in Christmas gifts. And she's putting them under the tree in the Grand Hotel in this room. And I'm asked, I go up to the guy. I'm like, are we allowed to even do this? <laughs> Your mom didn't care. So yeah. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, go for it, man. And we were one of, I think, two families staying in this entire hotel. And it was it was nice. It was great. Did and the- we got a really good deal because it's Christmas Day. No one's staying there on Christmas Day. So... Did the other family come and open no. gifts with you? Nope. They did didn't. you invite them to? Uh, no, they got there after the fact. They came in pretty late. Oh, there's the Grand Hotel. You see that? Doesn't that look amazing? Yeah. Wow. That's a your your mom's a phenomenal decorator. She decorated. She didn't decorate a look of that. Good job, Grand Hotel. <laughs> but yeah, it was actually pretty amazing. It was much better than what I expected it to be. But long story short, there is a tree in the Grand Hotel, and it is seems that George Washington. It seemed like a pretty sturdy one. It's George Washington. On yeah, the wall. I think it is up on the wall. Yeah. Wow. So you're supporting um, slavery. That's cool. <laughs> By staying at the Grand Hotel. Yeah. Clearly. It is a very nice room. Isn't it nice? Jeez. Yeah. Just want to go hang out there sometimes. Dude, it's breakfast was good. Everything was great about it. And then came here. The day after. Mm, yeah. Here got to are. got to hang out with you. Uh, got to hang out with the Whitney's a little bit. Um, got to enjoy a cigar with you. Thank you for sharing. And now we're sitting here recording an episode. We are recording an episode. So what are we... So first off, this is the first episode. I think, yeah, this is going to be the first episode of 2020. Welcome to 2020. Yo. Um, and we are... We took a little break for the first time. It was good. Yeah. Our souls needed it. it we did. We did. Our listeners needed it. <laughs> yeah, they definitely did. Our wives needed it. <laughs> yeah. So we are now... Um, this isn't season two, but you could it's say a new season. season. 2020. There you go. I like that. Um, and we have an, an interview 
Lord willing, coming up that we're going to drop after this uh, with someone who has written for various blogs like Desiring God. Um, I yeah. think TGC. I could be wrong. I need to look at that. But we're excited about that. That episode should be really good. And then we've got some, we're going to finish out our confession series as we continue to march through that. You're making fun of me because I'm throwing the... <laughs> Rob's, like, Rob's like wanting his whole like... <laughs> I'm like twirling the... Thing. You know like like girls when they get <laughs> nervous start twirling their hair? Just like chatting on the phone, like yeah, exactly. playing with the phone cord. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're young enough, uh, phones use these really long cords attached to them. Yeah, people would play with them while they're just talking on the phone. And anyway, sorry, Rob. I threw y'all. You were on like no, the path, and I messed. So up. we're looking to finish the confession series. Yeah, which I just looked. We've done ten. We got, got ten, 10 more. more to go. Halfway through. Is this number ten or is this number eleven? Eleven. Who do we? How did we time that up so perfectly? Well, tip of the cap to the producer. You know what? Yeah. I mean, I, I hate taking all the credit for these things, but, you know, someone's got to do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, as, you, so, as you want to, Rob produces uh, 99.9% of this Yeah, podcast. and you can tell how much of it is planned ahead of time, which is clearly very little. So, that worked out nicely. Mm-hmm. We've, we're halfway through. We're starting the second half. We are a little bit energized. It's good to be back. Good to be behind the microphone again. And today, we are back in the confessions to talk about sanctification. Sanctification. Vacation. Big so, old church word. That's right. But let me give you a definition so that that big old church word, if you're not throw familiar it, with what it means. Throw it around. You might sound sanctified. Mm. Let me give you a definition so that you have a better understanding of what we're talking about. So, the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, which is not the same one that we've been using by Greg Allison. Mm. It's a different one, but it's still Baker. And it says that sanctification is a term meaning to be made holy or purified. It is used broadly of the whole Christian experience, though most theologians prefer to use it in a restricted sense to distinguish it from related terms such as regeneration, justification, and glorification. So, essentially means to be made holy or purified. So, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about what the confessions have to say about it. Yeah, so sanctification... As you said, it's to become holy, to be righteous, to be more like Christ. And there's a couple of things we need to think through about that. One is what it, are those things? It is part of it is a process. So this is a it begins at the moment of regeneration, and it it completes at the after the moment of death. Hmm. Right. So between when you're when you're made new, you're born again, regenerated by the by the Holy Spirit until you die, you're in a process called sanctification, a process of, of dying to the sin, becoming more like Christ, um, being more obedient, f- becoming more and more um, aligned with Scripture. So, so it, there's a process there. It doesn't just happen at once like regeneration or salvation. That's what I was right? getting at. So born again, salvation. Born again, it's in a moment you, you are adopted into the family, your sins are paid for, regeneration, you're, you're, you're given a new heart, and all those desires and things begin to change. And so there's a process of um, sanctification, <coughs> and so think about like a, a like a like a chart almost, and it's like slowly ticking up. And there there's seasons where it's like a steep incline, you're growing rapidly. Sometimes it's more of a plateau, but it's always up and to the left. You know, you you continue to grow up and to the left, up and to the right. <laughs> Whew. Whew. That's the other way. <laughs> Because <laughs> up until the left, that means you started off very sanctified and, and became less so. So, okay, so what you're good. saying is that just because sanctification is a process, it does not mean that salvation is a process. 
Salvation happens at the moment of regeneration. Mm -hmm. Sanctification is a process that takes a lifetime of you becoming more and more like your Savior, Jesus. Yes. So I just sent, um, Robert, just sent you a picture. Screenshot out of a Wingroom Systematic Theology that kind of points this out. We'll maybe put this in the show notes. And it's just the very thing I'm talking about. And it's this gradual increase. Um, That's good. Yeah. So salvation happens in a moment in time. Um, Sanctification that process of sanctification continues on. There's something else that's really important, <clears throat> and that that is what we call um, positional sanctification. And this might get a little bit yeah. Go ahead and explain that tricky, but and we've done an episode on sanctification way back, so you can go back and listen to that. We'll probably repeat several of those things here. I don't think we have done an episode on sanctification. We did. I don't think so. I thought so. You can check our website. I'm going to check it, but. Yeah. The, uh, positional sanctification is the is the the idea or the belief, excuse me, the doctrine that w- once we are regenerated, once we're born again, positionally before God the Father, we are made righteous. Yes. This is this is how we have a relationship with God. This is how we have the Holy Spirit. Is because Christ has atoned for our sin. Yes. So although we still struggle with sin and we still fall and we're slowly progressing in our sanctification. Um, Positionally before God the Father, we are now um, fully sanctified. Yeah. We are wearing Christ's righteousness. We're made whole in Him. So that's good to understand because if you don't understand that you're positionally sanctified, sanctified where you're where you are at in relationship with God the Father, it's really hard to to walk out the progressive sanctification because it becomes a works oriented. Yeah. It's not works oriented. It's not being a better person. It's because God has forgiven you, loves you, and you are made right in him. Now live that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great distinction because one of the, I can't remember the theologian who emphasizes so much, but I was listening to something they were talking about how the, one of the greatest emphases of the fact that you are saved is that you have union with Christ. And Christ being perfectly holy for us to be adopted into the body of Christ this one who is perfectly righteous, we are now seen by God, as you were saying, as being perfectly righteous. So that positional sanctification, we're in the same position as Christ with regards to being seen as righteous. That's one of the beauties of the gospel is that although we are sin and fallen, Christ has adopted us and allowed us to have union with him in his positional sanctification with the Father. However, exactly what you're saying, that doesn't mean that we are perfect this side of glory. We are still working out our salvation one degree of glory at a time, becoming more and more like Jesus. And so that's a really helpful distinction, Rick, that I didn't even think to make, but thank you for for pointing that out. Are you going to... Okay, so for those of you who haven't um, been following along, we've been going through these four different confessions. So the one is the 1858 Abstract of Principles. Mm -hmm. That's the one we're kind of basing all of this off of. We're comparing these other three to this. The next one is the 1833 New Hampshire. The next is the 1689 London Baptist Confession. And the next one is the 1647 Westminster Confession of Faith. All of these are really great confessions. The first two, the abstract in New Hampshire, they're compared to the London and the Westminster, they are shorter. And they have about a paragraph, maybe two, for each of these different topics. The 1689 London and the 1647 Westminster, those are very robust, have a, I mean, several paragraphs for each of these topics, and you can find just a lot more in them. They're beautiful. 
but there's a lot. There's so a lot. we read through the uh, the abstract and the New Hampshire, and then we pull a couple things out here and there for the 1689 and the Westminster. Yeah. Side note, I stand corrected, Rob. We have not done an episode. Hmm. But I thought for, I thought for sure we did. Maybe we did, and I just never put it out there. It's no. all for not. No, we would have. I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah, it almost happened when we did the one, um, one of the recent ones on, I think it was faith or justification, one of those, one of the more recent confession ones, because I thought we were, because one day, you guys remember, we recorded like five or six episodes in one day. Right. And so each week I was uploading it, and I thought we had come to the last one. I was like, oh, Rick, we got to record. Yes. And then I found one, I was like, oh, we also uh, did one on yeah. justification. One and so bank. then we dropped that one. Which was phenomenal timing because oh, there's just so much going on that night. There's like the last minute. We're like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read through um, the abstract of principles and then we'll kind of talk about it. Yep. This is what it says on sanctification. Those who have been regenerated are also sanctified by God's word and spirit dwelling in them. This sanctification is progressive. Though the supply of divine strength, which all saints seek to obtain, pressing after a heavenly life in does I say cordial, cordial. Ob- obedience to all Christ's commands. It was uh, this sanctification is progressive through the supply of divine strength. See, I thought I thought I missed something there. Yeah, you like, did. I heard this, your tone of voice. Like, yeah. Though the, the supply of divine strength, then you didn't actually get to like finish that, but it was through. So that's why. I see you putting on your glasses. Good <laughs> I, idea. I legit am. <laughs> I've been noticing that like the last month, my eyes, I feel like they're getting worse. Yeah, my eyes just keep getting worse. I'm at like negative three and a half right now on my prescription. See, I don't know what any of that means, but. It's bad. That's what it means. So can you see me without your glasses? I could see you. I wouldn't be able to see like the whites of your eyes. Excuse me. Yeah, you'd be too far away, even though you're only like five feet away. So... <laughs> How many fingers long? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're just kind of we're going to talk about this a little bit. And one thing I want to pull out is it says just the very beginning: those who have been regenerated. So it doesn't mean all people. It doesn't mean everyone who walking the earth, or who has been baptized, or who have taken communion. It says those who have been regenerated are also sanctified by God's word and the Spirit dwelling in them. Hmm. So it's clarifying who is going to be sanctified. It's affirming that all those people who have been who are, who are regenerated will be sanctified, and the means thereunto it's God's word, and this indwelling of the Spirit. Yeah, filling it, them and pouring. So if we're not feeling like we're growing in our walk, or we're not growing in our sanctification, becoming more like Christ, a simple kind of analysis test: Am I in God's word? Am and am I living? Um, out of the dwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And it actually says that same that same thing in the 1689. Yep. And one of the things that we didn't mention is that the 1689 and the Westminster, they are pretty much carbon copies of one another. There's some distinctives because 1689 is Baptist, the Westminster is Presbyterian. Um, so there's going to be some differences. But the 1689 took the Westminster, which was done about 40 years before, and said, these are the things that we like, and here's where we're going to tweak it. So I always kind of say that it took the 1647 Westminster and just made it better. Rob says that because he's Baptist. Exactly. Not Presbyterian. Presbyterians would say, nope, you guys just messed up. That's what you did. <laughs> so You done messed up. So uh, both of, for the 1689 and for the Westminster, 
Um, if you wanted to look at those, this is chapter 13 for both of them. Uh, but the 1689 says, by his word and spirit dwelling in them, and the Westminster says the same thing, and that's in section one of chapter 13. So the fact that you pointed that out is a very um, helpful thing to point out, but it's also something that theologians throughout history have said, this is how sanctification happens, right. through the power of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the word. That's why it's so important for us to, to one, depend on the Holy Spirit. Don't forget about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Right. And then one, and then two, to be in the word. Like we have to be in the word. Well, and uh, John seventeen seventeen says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Hmm. And this idea of sanctification comes from, obviously, Scripture, and we'll talk about some more verses, but it's it's just really helpful to understand. We talk about sanctification. We're talking about those who have been born again. Yeah. And we're saying that the, this, is God's, this is God's will, right? It's your sanctification for Thessalonians or something like that. 523 or something. Yeah. In there. Um, first Thessalonians 4.3. This is the will of God, your sanctification. And this idea is is not be a better person. Yeah. Muscle it up. Um, it's through God's word and the Holy Spirit. And um, and he brings us about, and we'll talk more about that as well as we get through the confessions. Yeah. So uh, the thing that I wanted to point, pull out of the abstract was that sanctification is progressive. We've already talked about that, but just to, to hit it again, you do not need to be sanctified in order to then be saved. Right. Salvation yeah. comes first, and then sanctification is a process. Yeah. And, and, we already talked about positional and progressive sanctification, so I don't need to hit that again. But just to, to reiterate, just kind of to use simpler language, you don't have to clean yourself up before you come to God. Right. And and I would add just this, I don't want to get into a, a deep dive on this, but just a side note that there, you know, there have been church traditions that hold to this idea of full sanctification at regeneration or kind of, after sorry, after regeneration, but before death, you reach the state of full sanctification. Hmm, yeah, and you know, they believe, oh, I've reached full sanctification. I don't sin anymore, yeah. um, and that's just clearly not true. No, they're lying to themselves. Therefore, they're sinning. And you, so yeah, they're double sinners. Mm, worse sinners than what they thought. <laughs> Nothing like being a double sinner. <laughs> Nothing like it. <laughs> okay, so the New Hampshire here. Um, this is uh, Article Ten. So whereas the abstract, this is number eleven. In New Hampshire, this is section 10. It says, um, actually, I see a little note here. So this was added in 1853, this section, mm -hmm. correct? That's what the note says, yeah. Okay, cool. So maybe this is the 1853 one, regardless. Sanctification from the New Hampshire says, we believe that sanctification is the process by which, according to the will of God, we are made partakers of his holiness. That it is a progressive work that it is begun in regeneration, and that it is carried on in the hearts of believers by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the sealer and comforter, in the continual use of the appointed means, especially the word of God, self-examination, self-denial, watchfulness, and prayer. Boom. There New Hampshire. Is. New Hampshire. So again, you saw there that it says uh, that it's a progressive work. We've already hit that a yes. couple times, so I don't need to do that again. Um, then, uh, as you said, it's begun at regeneration, yeah. regeneration, that point where we are uh, made alive in Christ. We are, our hearts of stone, as scriptures say, are replaced with a heart of flesh that beats for God. 
And and then the other part that I want to point out there was that it is carried on in the hearts of believers by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the sealer and comforter. Yeah. So we mentioned earlier that it's the Holy Spirit and ministry of the word, both of which absolutely true. Right. This one emphasizes here the Holy Spirit, and, and it should be something that we emphasize because ultimately we're not going to be able to understand the word rightly without the Holy Spirit guiding and directing us as we read it. Yeah, and I think right of that portion says in the continual use of the appointed means. Yeah, and and especially I, I don't I don't know exactly what they mean by you know appointed means. I'm, I'd imagine they mean the spiritual disciplines, but obviously word prayer. Yeah, it says especially the word of God, self examination, self denial, watchfulness. In prayer. And it's interesting because a lot of people would say, oh, prayer in the Word of God and stop there. Mm-hmm. But they go on to kind of flesh it out. Like, listen, there has to be self-examination yeah. happening. There have to, you have to be examining your, your heart. Where are you at? Where are your motives coming from? What are you doing with that? those motives? Self-denial. Just to, just start up dying to yourself. And then just watchfulness. Yeah. Um, those, you know, we live in a day and age, which I don't think it was different it, probably than any other day. It's just there's so much to be enamored by. Mm-hmm. But the idea of self-examination, self-denial, and watchfulness, like, no, that sounds fun to nobody. You, right. No one's yeah. going to sign me up. I'm all right. about that. But it begins talking about the means, really, of sanctification. It says the process by which, according to the will of God, we are made partakers of his holiness. And I would say that that's twofold. One, that it's... Because God died for you, he is purchasing your holiness, the, the means for your holiness. But two, also the pro, your own process of sanctification, he is orchestrating that. Yeah. Now, it's not like he's you know, having you, you know, sin for 20 years so then he can deliver you. But he is orchestrating sovereignly the, the author and perfecter of your faith, right? And yeah. so he's doing that uh, perfectly. Yeah. No, absolutely. So when it comes to the 1689, um, and also uh, with that, the Westminster, there is a portion that is in section three mm-hmm. that I I wanted to point out. Point, and point it out, Rob. I'll point it out. Just go ahead and point it out. Here's what it says. I'm pointing at it. You see? Uh-uh. You listeners, you got that? I'm pointing at it. I, I can't see it. <laughs> okay, I'll read it then. You're lying to us. I'll read it then. This is radio, not television. Um, it says, in which war, although the remaining corruption for a time may much prevail, yet through the continual supply of the strength from the sanctifying spirit of Christ, the regenerate part, the regenerate part doth overcome. So a little bit of old English there, but what it's saying is that although your flesh and the new, um, the new creature that you are in Christ, although they will war against each other, and sometimes the flesh will win yes. that battle. It says, through the continual supply of strength from the sanctifying spirit of Christ, the regenerate part will overcome. Yeah. So even though sanctification is a progressive act, right. you will have days where you take one step forward and two steps back. Yeah. Yep. But the overall span of a Christian will show that they have become more and more like Christ right. rather than mm-hmm. the same or less. Yes. And we talked about this before, but the whole root fruit thing exactly. about our salvation, that good works are, are you know are not the, the root of our salvation. They're the fruit of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's 
genuine good works from from a heart of love and compassion. Yeah. Um, and right before that f- section, in section two, the section you read, it says, this sanctification throughout the whole, this is sanctification throughout the whole man, yet imperfect in this life, there abideth still some remnant of corruption in every part, whence ariseth a continual and irreconcilable war, the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So it's pointing out that, that there is this, as you're talking about the, this war, and that is because the process of sanctification has to deal with the whole body. This isn't, you know, saint make your make your finances in order, and then everything yeah. else, or, or or put make sure you're not, you know, having an affair, lusting, you know, control your eyes, but yet you have pride. It's every area of your life. Yeah, and this is what First um, Thessalonians five twenty three says. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so it's not an aspect or a part of it. Um, in Galatians two twenty, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So it's not a portion of your life. It's not, you know, Sunday morning. It's everything. It's your heart, your soul, everything that's that you want to kind of hold on to because yeah. we're quick to say okay lord you can work on this part but leave this part alone leave my anger or my lack of patience or my fears or my insecure leave those alone and guys like no no you know there's a quote <coughs> i can't remember who it's by but it's probably c.s lewis or tozer and the the essence i mean i'm kind of butcher it but the essence is like we're like oh, hey lord you come into my heart and do some remodeling come to my house and and the Lord's like, no, man, I'm coming in to like do a whole demo. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, redo this whole thing. I'm not here to do some patchwork and fix a little this and that. Like, it's completely um, brand new. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and then just wanted to point out Romans six nineteen, which uh, another famous passage on sanctification, but it says, for just as you offered the parts of yourselves as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness, so now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which results... In sanctification. Uh, I mean, just just Paul saying there, like, hey, you, before you were regenerated, before the Lord ransomed you and saved you, you used your body to commit acts of sin. And whether that was blatant sin or whether that was hidden sin, you used your, your members of your body to commit acts of unrighteousness. But now that you are saved, now that you have been purchased and redeemed, now that you are a new creature, use those same members as instruments for righteousness. And apart from the power of the Holy Spirit and apart from the word, we would not be able to, nor we know how to. Yeah. I think one of the things that that gets tricky about this is sanctification is this, I don't want to to make it sound like, but it's like almost this this dance in the sense that the power for, the power to, to kill sin die to self, become more like Christ, that's the Holy Spirit. You cannot do that. And you might modify your behavior and think you're doing it, but you're just getting more prideful, which is even more dangerous. Yeah. So so the the ability, the power to to grow in your sanctification, it comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God alone, right? Yeah. 
but there is amount an amount of effort that you have to put in yeah you know that you have to you you can't say i'm i'm just sitting around i'm just waiting like once the lord you know once it's my number and he sanctifies me then i'm i'm content i'm i long for that but until he does that i'm going to remain in my sin you have to put um effort that's colossians 3 5 says put to death Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, this idea of putting, I mean, that's kind of a, well, it's violent, but it's like, you're, you're, you are doing it. Put this to death. What it says in John 17, 19, for their sake, consecrate myself. Yeah. That I may also be, may be sanctified in truth. Um, in, in scripture, put, has like, we're, this it's all through the New Testament where you, like be obedient, die to yourself. And you know, Paul says, I I, I fight I fight, I, I run the race, I strive, I be my body, make it my slave. This idea that you're putting forth this effort. So your your hope is not in your own effort, and your faith is not in your own effort. But at the same time, you are you're believing what the word says. And so you're stepping out in that to be obedient to God. Yeah, yeah. And, and it can feel like a struggle because you're like, well, is the Lord doing this? Or how much of this is on me and how much of this is on him? Well, the, the power is his. But you have to step out in obedience. You have to strive for it. Yeah. You'll fall on your face. You'll, you'll, you, it'll happen, but you, you have to get back up and look to the Lord again, not to yeah, yourself. exactly. And just because you are consciously trying to take steps of obedience doesn't mean that the Lord's not involved in that. I mean, he still is the one working in you to be able to even do that. He's creating a desire for it. Yeah. He he still gets all the credit. So, okay. So in in wrapping this up, let's talk about our head, heart, hands. Let's talk about your head, my heart, (laughs) and your hands. So when it comes to um, what this portion of our show, we we do head, heart, hands. Rob's a redhead. That's right. So red heart. (laughs) That's right. And... White hands. White hands. Um, Soft hands. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> so um, I, I wouldn't know. When it Just comes to realize. Rick was holding my hand earlier today, he wouldn't know. When it comes to <laughs> our our head, it is um, what we are, what we have greater confidence in. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that I think we can really get out of that is the fact that uh, sanctification, positionally, like you said. We can have confidence that we are seen as perfectly righteous. Yes. That is a great confidence that we should have. And, and, you, and if you do not have that, you will always struggle with the progressive sanctification. Yes. Because it becomes it becomes works. Yeah. So, and then in addition to what you said, like it being a progressive sanctification, we should, we should show ourselves the kind of grace that God shows us. Yeah. We will mess up. We will fall. We will be imperfect. That's who we are. However... When we recognize, like, hey, I'm still a work in progress, right? But by God's grace, I'm seen as perfectly righteous. Yeah. That should produce in us a greater right. praise for Him. Absolutely, and that's what I'd say is really the heart issue here: is that you have to, in your heart, begin to know and believe that positional sanctification that Jesus truly has died for my sin. Yeah, you have to understand what sin is, right? And understand the price that He paid, or else it's like, okay, great, He died for my sin, whatever. Yeah. You don't understand the weight of sin. You don't understand that he died for that. And you are seen right by God the Father. And then, as you grow in your own sanctification, that should create even deeper, um, it should create an even deeper belief and compassion and grace for those who are also growing. Mm-hmm. Because you understand, like, this is only because of God. Yeah. He, he changed my desire for it. He gave me the power to, 
to overcome. He's the one doing this work. So this is only because of, of Christ in me that I am changing. Yeah. So it should never you should never get to a place where you're like, man, everyone just needs to be where I'm at. Just yeah. be more mature. Just be, you know, just die to your, you know. And it's like, no, this is a work of grace that God, not d- despite you, has done in your heart. So yeah. have great compassion and patience with others. Well, I, I heard somebody say, go ahead, finish your thought. <laughs> well, just and strive to help others grow in their sanctification. Yeah. Not just their head knowledge of something or not just their good faithful attendance and, and disciplines, but to truly grow in their sanctification. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I heard somebody say that Reformed folks, those who believe in God's sovereignty over all things, mm-hmm. should be the most patient mm-hmm. folks. Because like you were saying earlier, like, hey, maybe I'm frustrated because this person just doesn't seem to be growing the way I want them to. God's still sovereign over that. Yeah. Like that should give us a lot of patience yeah. that God still has us under control yeah. and he's still working on his time, his yeah. timetable. He's not in a rush. Yeah. So the last part, our hands, we should be striving to put sin to death. Recognize areas of your life where maybe you have not been uh, fighting sin. Maybe you've been lax towards a particular yeah. sin. Confess that to the Lord. Yeah. Confess and repent and turn away from it and make and strive to put the sinful nature to death. That is just the the primary basic thing from our sanctification is putting sin to death and becoming more like Jesus. Well, and to add to that, something that should be pretty convicting, um, not to like just beat people up and make them feel convicted, but you should you should know like you know there's things you know that are just you know you know who your parents are. like th- there should be things that stay like in your some in your conscience like most of the day like I know the sins I'm fighting right now. Hmm. Like, I know specifically what they are. And you should have that, because if you're at war, you know your enemy. Mm, that's good. You know, you know, like, it's not like you're going to hang out with them or anything, but you should just be pretty well in tune. That's, you know, being sober-minded of what you're fighting. Yeah. And it's not vague, like, I want to be a better person, I want to be less prideful, or I want to stop, you know, struggling with lust. Like, no, it should be very specific. Um, and so we need to, to focus in on, on those things. Because, as you said, we, we put those things to death, and we, we want to be obedient to Christ. Yeah, amen. Amen. And All right, amen. man. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, 2020 is here. Um, hopefully the Buckeyes did well against Clemson, and they made it to the national championship, we'll did out. well. I'm a little doubtful, but this is also prior to the game, so hopefully those doubts will be uh, Doubting alleviated. Thomas over here. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can head over to our website, simpletheology.org. You can hit us up on social media by doing a hashtag simpletheologypod. We're on Instagram at simpletheologypod. We're on Facebook at simpletheology. If you want to leave us a a voicemail, then you can shoot us a call at 614-233-1098. 614-233-1098. If you want to send us an email to suggest a topic, then you can send us one at info at simpletheology.org. Org. Is anyone still listening? Does anyone listen through all that? I don't know. Hello? Regardless. All right. So welcome to the episode. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about... Stop it. Um, all right. Thanks for coming, guys. Really appreciate <laughs> hey, you all. Hope you had a great Christmas glad, and wonderful New Year. Glad you're here with us in 2020. Yeah, we are. A lot of exciting things in the year ahead. Peace. Out. Peace.